Syracuse University in Syracuse, New York. And yes, I do know it snows a lot in Syracuse. Uh, I don't know how to ski yet, but um, I'm sure I'll learn. Um, anyways, uh, the passage that Anthony just read outlines three really, really important topics, faith, hope, and love, and I will be preaching on faith. Uh, I think that many people, including myself, underestimate the value of faith. Um, most of us don't think too much about faith until we need it, and we do think about it. We tend to think of it as the deciding factor for who gets into heaven. But faith is about a lot more than just believing in God. But what is faith exactly? According to Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This verse articulates two important things about faith, that it involves trust and that it is illogical. By using words such as sure and certain, the author implies that faith involves complete trust in God. The phrase, what we do not see, points to the illogicalness of faith and the fact that it can never be proven. So then, faith is putting your trust in something that seems logical. That's a pretty crazy idea. But when we have it, faith is a very powerful thing. As Jesus notes in the book of Matthew, even faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. If only a small amount of faith can do that, imagine what a large amount of faith can do. Faith can literally change the world and is the cornerstone of our relationship with Jesus. Our faith also makes us sons and daughters of God. And when we are children of God, we get many privileges that non-Christians don't. The first two verses of this passage from Romans outline a few of these privileges. Paul writes that we are justified by faith, that we have peace with God through Jesus, and that we have gained access to God and God's grace by faith. When I first began to look at this scripture, the phrase justified by faith gave me a lot of trouble. This was largely because this phrase is one of those things that makes a lot of sense if you don't think too hard about it, and is very confusing if you do. So naturally, we're going to think very hard about it today. <laughs> On the surface, it seems very simple. Jesus died for our sins, and if we have faith in him, we will be justified before God. However, as I read this passage, the word that kept jumping out to me was justified. Why does Paul decide to use the word justified? Justified has a very legal, law and order type connotation to it. In court, lawyers will try to justify their client's crimes by saying things like they're acting in self-defense, they're mentally insane, or it was just an accident. So being justified, in a legal sense, basically means that you have a reason or excuse that clears you of blame. The problem is, when we're standing in front of God, we can't give any justification for our sin that God will accept. No excuse or reason we can give will ever be enough to get us into heaven. So then, the only way we can ever be justified is through faith, our faith in Jesus Christ. Only Jesus, through his death on the cross, is able to justify us in front of God and clears of both the guilt and the penalty of sin. Therefore, in the context of the scripture, the term justification means the forgiveness of sins and the removal of guilt. And the phrase justified through faith means that only those who believe in Jesus will be forgiven and granted eternal life. In a world where we constantly have to justify our actions and prove ourselves to others, this is a very freeing concept. We don't have to make excuses for our sins to God or try to prove that we are good enough to get into heaven. We just need to believe in Jesus and have faith. Our faith also allows us to achieve the next part of the verse. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I feel that the idea of being at peace with God is a bit of a misunderstood concept. Many people confuse peace with God with peaceful feelings or feeling calm. Although these feelings are present when we are at peace with God, it is also possible to experience them without being at peace with God. 
To understand what peace with God means, it is helpful to look at the opposite of this phrase. The opposite of peace is war. And being at war with God, essentially fighting God, is unfortunately a much more common situation. We've all fought God over something, whether it's the end of a relationship, a career change, a move, or a calling we don't want to obey. But when we fight God, we're not battling God as much as we're battling His will. Being at war with God means that we are not following in God's will. Therefore, being at peace with God means being obedient and walking in His will. And how do we know what His will is? Through faith. Our faith and relationship with Jesus is what helps us to know what God's plan is. And the stronger our relationship is, the easier it is to pick out His voice in all the noise. It is only through our faith that we are able to achieve peace with God and to walk in His perfect will. Finally, our faith grants us access to God and to His grace. Although we often take the privilege to talk directly to God for granted, it was not always so. Matthew 27:51 says that when Jesus died, the temple curtain was split in two, from top to bottom. The, this curtain partitioned off the most holy place, where God was said to dwell. No one except the high priest could enter this place, and even the high priest could only do so once a year. Jesus' death on the cross, though, gave us direct access to God. We can go to God directly, whenever we want, without having to go through high priests or anyone else. Our faith also gives us access to God's grace. Grace is getting what we don't deserve, and since we all sin every day, we certainly don't deserve to be saved or to even have access to God. But Paul writes that rather than being on the outside, we are on the inside, standing in God's grace. We don't deserve to be here, but because we've put our faith and our trust in God, we are saved by grace and are able to stand before God without shame. This year, God has been teaching me a lot about faith, especially through being a senior intern at online. Being a senior intern has been one of the best experiences I've had through my high school years, but I nearly missed out on this opportunity because I wasn't willing to step out in faith. I had loved online when I was in junior high and always figured I would come back and be a senior intern. But when the applications came out last June, I wasn't so sure. Although I'd always loved the idea of being a senior intern, in practice, it was actually quite terrifying. <laughs> the senior interns I've had in junior high seemed so much cooler, so much more confident, and so much stronger in their faith than I was. I doubted that I could ever live up to their high standard and was sure I'd be a horrible senior intern. I really thought that God had picked the wrong person for this job. By realizing I would always regret not at least trying it, I signed up to be a senior intern anyways. As summer ended, I began to secretly dread the first Thursday of September, but on the outside, I pretended to be as excited about it as everyone else. I spent the first couple of weeks of online playing into the background among the 19 senior interns I had signed up. A couple of weeks into online, though, the intern I was leading my small group with had to stop doing online and I was forced to lead the group myself. I could no longer hide in the background and expect others to make up for what I perceived as my own inadequacies. I now needed to rely on God and have faith that he would be with me as I led my group. I had to trust that he would come through for me when I needed him most. And because God is always faithful, he did. Leading my online group alone for the first time was very scary, but I soon got better at it as I learned to trust God to give me the words to say. I began praying and reading my Bible more as my faith grew stronger. God had worked in me and changed me from a shy, nervous teenager into a confident leader and teacher of his word. And for the first time since I had started online, I felt at peace with God. I was no longer doubting his calling, but was instead walking in his perfect will. The plan God had for my senior year was so much bigger and better than the one I had. Once I learned to sit back and let God work his will on my life, he began to do great things through me and strengthen my faith in ways I had never imagined. In Jude 1.24, the author refers to God as 
him who is able to keep you from falling. I think this is a great illustration of God and faith. If we lean on him, he will not let us fall. If we have faith in him, there is nothing we can't do. This week, when things aren't going great and you're facing big obstacles, lean on God to get you through it. And remember that with faith, anything is possible.